0: When Shermer has got one back, tears came to me eyes. When we went two and up, and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud, and we went out and won. Blame. Best, town in, Best town in the world. Best Blame. town in the world. Best town in
1: the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away
0: at the far post, and over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. It's brilliant, 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 brilliant. Here comes Pligley.
2: again this
0: day. Welcome along to the sixth edition of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. We are in an upbeat mood despite what we had to go through um, at Talca Park the other, the other day, the other afternoon, and the other evening. Um, it's um, myself, Connor Lynch, it's uh, Magoo and Sean Dunn with you again. Um, Thanks for joining us. Uh, Shout out to our sponsor, Milligram Coffee on Wine Street in Sligo. This is week two. They're with us in the podcast, and uh, we hope to have them for many, many more uh, editions of the podcast to come. Um, Just before we push on, and before I forget, uh, I just want to mention at the top of the podcast, and we'll mention it again throughout the podcast, and before we finish up, um, the annual draw is underway, the Sligo Rovers Annual Draw 2020. Um, The Tickets can be purchased um, from committee members, and many supporters have got books of tickets. But if you don't come across anybody, the tickets can be purchased from uh, the club's website or from the club's um, sales website, srfcdirect.com. And you can buy individual tickets for 10 50, euros 10. 50, or you can buy a book of tickets for just over 100 euros, I think. So um, that's srfcdirect.com. Um, we speak to uh, Jerry O'Connor from the Trust. Uh, later on, he's also on a couple of committees within the club um, and he's emphasising the importance of this draw as well. Uh, the, the draw, lads, just before we get into things, the draw is hugely important for the, for the club and I suppose it's something that um, I suppose it's something we have to be proud of because we, we we tend to knock it out of the park every year, don't we?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. What was it last year? 70,000, was it? Was it 70,000? 68,
0: yeah. 69, 69, something like that? Yeah, so... That's...
1: That's phenomenal, like, for an annual draw. Phenomenal amount of money.
0: Yeah, and I would say, like, I don't care. If you're offered a book of tickets, of 10 tickets to sell by a committee member or whoever it might be, take the, take the tickets and sell them between your family or whoever might be, your neighbours, because uh, this year, because of COVID, obviously, um, because we're going into lockdown, and the kind of Trojan effort that is put in by fans and committee members each year where they go door to door, that just can't happen this year. So um, if you do have an opportunity to buy tickets, please do. First prize is 5,000 euros in cash, not to be sniffed at. And uh, second prize is a 500 euro voucher for Pet Stop, Discount, Warehouse and Fuel. And uh, the third prize is the same thing. And fourth prize is a 250 euro voucher uh, for any Flynn hotel. There's loads of more prizes in there. There's Rovers jerseys, Republic of Ireland jerseys, uh, Christmas hampers, uh, premium tickets to oh, an Anfield game matching uh, answered. yeah. So there's, um, there's loads there uh, to interest everybody. so we just encourage as many people as possible to buy those tickets. Um, okay, so uh, we're going to talk about the Shelburne game. Uh, in the middle of the podcast, we talked to Jerry O'Connor who has um, some update on what's happening on the bitter, bitter Red Supporters trust pod, uh, website. sorry I'm all over the place and um, he'll also give us his take on the the Shells game. But um, we've been together for the last 40 minutes or so before we started recording, and um, the lads are bubbling away here now. Um, Sean, do you want to kick things off, uh, your analysis of another Dower performance by the better Ed?
3: Dower has been polite. Um, really, really, really hurting on that one, Connor. Um, couldn't believe what I witnessed there at the weekend. It was, yeah. it was atrocious, absolutely atrocious from from start to finish. It was just so, so, so poor. I think we had a brief spell in the first two or three minutes where we actually looked okay.
0: Well, that that was the thing. That was the thing about it. The um, strangely, the, we started reasonably well, didn't we? The, I think for the, the first, the, the the first thing that went wrong um, was. A tiny little mistake by John Mahan on five minutes, and he immediately recovered. Yeah, and we we'll talk about John Mahan's performance uh, again, uh, but after from that point on, things went downhill. I think you know mm. it just Magodo was a complete lack of hunger across the performance.
1: It's so disappointed. Everything is so like we can, and I'm sure we will like you can sit here and debate tactics and team selection and subs. All day long, like, but if you don't have, if you don't want us and you don't have, want, want to win, you don't have the stomach for the fight, then you can forget about us. You're lost before you go. We didn't have no stomach for the fight. Like, we complained, me especially, about Waterford not being up for the fight. Now, we don't have the stomach for the fight.
0: Yeah.
1: And like, this is, this, it's not only, it wasn't only that game. Like, that's, we've seen it. We've seen it before. It's not the first game. Yeah. Like, we asked the Waterford game and we kind of gave them, we 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 were all disappointed, like, but we get the benefit of it. But to let it happen twice is inexcusable. It's inexcusable. And to be honest with you, like the precedent for this game was nearly set in the first game of the season away in Bali Buffet. Like away from home all season. We haven't we've been outfought by every team away from home all season, bar Derry. And at this stage, I nearly give Derry a free pass because they probably had corona because everybody in Northern Ireland would say hell at this stage. <laughs> but apart from that, every other away game, every other away game we've been out and half the teams in this league are amateurs and they're out-fighting us. Every, we scored two goals away from season, away from home, all year. And both of them were in the one game and one of them was a penalty. Yeah. We've lost away to We lost away to Harps, first game of the season. Your local, closest rivals, local derby, first game of the season, out unacceptable Cork away Shower young fellas in the team Hammer 3-0 unacceptable Waterford away chance to put the foot down into the race for Europe get into fourth place be in the driving seat Face without a shot and target without winning the tackle unacceptable and then to top it all off last weekend against Shells was just a horror show Absolute horror show. Their keeper didn't make a save. I wouldn't say a save of note. Anything you could call a save, didn't make one. We played the last twenty minutes against ten men. We didn't look like scoring once. It's absolutely like Sean said earlier. It's just it's hurtful. Like it's a disgrace. It's an you, absolute do, disgrace. The
0: do other thing to say, Sean, if you were told that um, somebody like that they were going to lose a, like a defender of Poynton's qualities, pretty good defender, um, mm-hmm. I would say, if you were to say that. Um, they were going to get a player sent off with um, whatever it was, 20, 25 minutes to go. Uh, you'd have to think that we'd have a fairly good chance of coming away with points out of that game. But even with that, we, we never looked like scoring. We never looked like dominating the game. And like, what does it come down to, Sean? Is it, is it, is it team selection? Is it team setup? Or is, there, is it just a lack of desire?
3: I think if you look at team selection for starters, the back four, that was just, that was crazy. And that's, that's been a constant now for the last few games. And look, we've been on this, it's like a hype train really and truly since we've came back. We went, we've started really, really well. And we just kind of got on board with everything that was happening. And we we're all positive about it all. But deep down, we all, we all had our concerns because we were talking to each other about it. We were always saying, you know, maybe it's not right there, the back four, but remaining positive at the same time. Look, even on even on Sunday there, I was saying it in the WhatsApp group that, you know, I'm staying positive about the back four. Really and truly, I was shitting myself sitting on the couch. I, I couldn't believe what I was saying with Albercus at right back and Banks at left back. Like that makes absolutely zero sense. For starters, Lewis Banks hasn't been good at right back for the last two two or three games. So swapping him over to left-back was never going to make any sense mm-hmm. for his confidence alone. And then, to you know, you're putting John martin in a huge, huge, huge position there of his first game back starting in a in a massive game for both clubs, really. For him to step in there and be your main centre-half was, was a massive responsibility for him to take on alone. You know, where he should have been eased back in a few minutes here, there and everywhere. And... You know, just try and get his confidence back up. Now, saying that, John Martin was absolutely fantastic on the day. I'll give him that. For a lad who's coming back from such a serious injury, he was really, really, really good. Really assured in his defending. Yeah. So he was. But having Al stand then at right back, he offered us absolutely nothing. Absolutely. All he'd done was give the ball away. And I nearly feel sorry on the lad to a degree as well because he's a centre-half. He, he has no business playing at right foot. If anything... He should have played Darren Noon at right back if he was unsure of, of the right back position. At least he has a bit of trust in Darren Darren, Darren Noon. Yeah. I did I yeah. But that's it made what, no that made no sense. And we were that's, only,
1: what makes see, no were that's what makes no sense. sense. <laughs> no sense. Albercas hasn't been seen in months. Since the UCD game. He hasn't yeah. got a kick of a ball. When yeah. when Banks was out injured, and when who else there was no right back, Noon was filling in at right back. Noon played the last yeah. game against Shams at right back. Then all of a sudden, out and over your most important game in years for the club and out comes Albercas out of the woodwork goes right back and then Banks goes over left back with Cooper sitting on the bench.
0: Yeah. yeah, I like, think reading and, then,
1: and that's and...
0: Sorry, Miguel, reading um, the manager's comments after the game I think I don't know how he phrased it, but I think it's on the website. He said um, he was happy to be able to give Cooper 20 minutes, which would suggest to me that he's either not fit or he's carrying some sort of injury and that you're just not going to get the the 90 minutes out of him.
3: Connor, I just want to say in that as well, if this is the case, that it's another, another situation where we're happy to give players a couple of minutes, that meaning Cooper had a knock, something has to be looked at in regards to our training situation our physiotherapy team, our strength and conditioning team, because we cannot be suffering this many injuries consistently. We're like we're only back a short time. They're a full-time team. You know, it's not like they're play, they're only training two nights a week and have a heavy, uh, congested fi- fixture list. Yeah. You know, we're in there every day, and we're yeah. constantly we're constantly picking up injuries, and it's always the same. It's it's hamstrings and groins.
0: Yeah. Well, Something it-
3: has to be looked at.
0: It's 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 a problem. It's been a problem for the season. We've got big name players, um, who are seeing who are kicking very little football for the club, um, and really, in our situation, in Sligo over situation, we can't afford to have. We're going to have a smaller squad. We've probably smaller squads than some of the, the part time uh, teams in the league, because just by the nature that we 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 are a full time team, and we have to be more efficient with our resources, but we can't afford to have as many players that we do and recognise players within the league who do not kick a ball for us. And like that's, yeah. like that's a major problem for us. It's massive.
3: I think, look, we have to look at it as well. Like, Liam Buckley has to take a huge amount of responsibility for that result at the weekend. A huge amount. Tactically, we were just, we were nowhere near where we needed to be.
0: So, what about the middle of the park? Um, we've seen Cawley and Moran uh, as a partnership for most of the games. Um, you know, wh- what are we thinking there? We're we're think- we, we, we're, we're not getting the ball. Bo- I think, from a very simple point of view, our past success rate is just. I mean, in the in the, Sh- the shells game, it was just so just so bad, like you know. And I need to, whenever we pick up possession, yeah. or we, you know, the centre halfs have the ball and it goes into the middle of the park. Like 99% of the balls are bouncing off things. They're too short. They're over-hit. There's just, there's no fluidity in our game whatsoever.
1: More, more and McCauley tend to be more or less the same, though, with their passing. They're they're very side-to-side and uh, conservative with their passing. There's no, you need, you need someone in there to mix it up a bit. Like Seymour does tend to mix it up a bit when he goes in. He tries to hit long, more longer balls and Diag balls than, than the two boys will they're very safe but like even then it's not we're, we're lacking we're lacking a cutting edge anyway up front Like we we, lord, we lorded up the the front tree for ages about this yeah. front tree top scorer from last season but like as Sean said earlier tactically we're all like juniors top scorer in the league kind of plays out in the right but then he doesn't really play out in the right because Jesse plays out in the right then we have Coughlin playing as number 9 but he's not a number 9 like it's, like and really it's, it's ridiculous.
0: Really, J- junior as the number nine just didn't work. Uh, the other day, Coughlin in the number ten role—that you know, maybe I had been looking for for a long time. That just that connection wasn't there. Coughlin doesn't see enough of the ball to try and create things for either the man on the right, left, or right of him. If he is in the number ten position, uh, you know, th- these players just don't look. Interested and whether that's they don't look after, interested. No, maybe maybe that's that they're not going to be here next season, or maybe it is that they are going to be here next season and there's there's contracts wrapped up. But I suppose there's very little for us to be excited about.
1: So you think if you think if they were here next season that they'd want to be playing in Europe? Well, They've had two is... bites of the cherry now, and they haven't looked Irish either time. So yeah. I would say it, it was it's the other way around. You know. And even if, even if they're not going to be here, even if they're not going to be here, during the first lockdown, when nobody knew if they were going to get paid, if the cl- how the club was going to get money, the supporters were asked to step up, step up, and they stepped up. Big time, stepped up. Go me, page was set up. We'll, we'll set the bar at 30,000. Done within two days. We'll raise it to 50,000. Done within another two days. Like the supporters done what they were asked for them. I don't think it was too much to ask for the players to do their bit then an hour and a half at the end of the week and they couldn't even be after to do that like it's fucking ridiculous I think, I think that's a good point here.
0: I think that, like the, the momentum that was developed during lockdown and post lockdown was a combination of what the supporters did along with the positive results and I think that's what we were feeding off that's you know it wasn't just about what happened in the pitch it was actually what we the supporters did along with the play and the, the players kind of complimented that at the start when we returned.
2: Yeah. But,
0: like, you know, I mean, th- this, the season is, I know we have a cup semi-final to play, but, like, I mean, how are we supposed to get excited on the back of the performances that we've seen? It's just, there's just no, it, it, there's just, there's no hope there almost. I know, and somebody else said on Twitter, no. Somebody else said on Twitter: Why are the slack Rovers fans getting uh, so upset? They're safe. Um, you know, they've had multiple seasons of battling and relegation. They're safe. Why? Why can't they be happy with that? So why can't we be happy with that?
3: Because expectations changed throughout the season. But like it's, it, yeah, you know, a season goes on. You could be. At, we were at the bottom of the table in the first couple of games. That's fair enough and warranted. We were there because we were terrible. There's no two ways about it. But we were also depleted with injuries at that time. We came back with a full squad and we made a surge up to the table. But uh, at the, since then, the players look like they've got too comfortable. Management looks like they've got too comfortable. And they just seem right. Well, we've done, we've done our job. We've kept the club safe. The club is staying up. That's no problem. We look like heroes. But on the other side of it, as fans, we're looking at the opportunities that, we get, that are still there for us. Europe is uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's massive for this club. Look at the last time we got into Europe in Paul Cook's time. We went on to have the most successful era in the club's history. All that came off that one season getting into Europe. We went and we won cups. We went on and built a league-winning team. We went on and won more cups. It's just... To be let down by the players like that is just... Honestly, it's it's heartbreaking. It's actually heartbreaking. And just... Even at the end of the game, they didn't give a shit. They walked off happy. They didn't care. No. All I, all I could think back to there now, and, and we've kept bringing them up a few times on the pod now. But it is true. If I look back there and seen the Conor O'Grady at the end of that game, I'd say we'd have went and tore the head off a few players. But no, it's all happy-go-lucky. Oh yeah, unlucky lads. Oh, uh, what about but That's what we're missing. We've we lost it. What about it? Uh, when all when all of us are sat at home, we've no
1: leader. We have absolutely hand. no leader on the pitch.
3: No. And then we're looking, and then we're looking at young lads like Ed McGinty. John Mahon and Nye and young local to a degree minus eight um, coming through the youth system and they're playing with passion they they done the fighting for us at the weekend yeah. they they led the line that shouldn't yeah. be the case just, they should be sad, they state should, of affairs. they should be dragged along by the senior players they should be showing the ropes they should be saying lads this is the example you have to live up to now but I say they, they're setting the example uh, like club captain David Cawley he was like a he was like a lost puppy on the pitch he done nothing N- not once did I see him scream at players get them going anything at all even lead by example through performance
1: nothing and that for me that's not good enough and that's not good enough for your club captain either so it's not it's not good but it's been the same every away game this season You think about them Waterford Finharps Shells yeah a powerful Derry Every single away game this season, they haven't wanted it at all. Yeah, none of them have wanted it at all. None but of them. There's no so leaders like, on the pitch.
0: There's nobody on the pitch to focus the minds. There's nobody there to send a rocket up somebody's arse when the pass falls short or the pass no. is overhit. No, you know. And you're right. When, when you think about think back to our recent years of success, we've had the Conor O'Grady's, we've had the Danny Ventries. You know, we've had real uh, people of intensity and integrity who. Can can change, when the chips are down, can you know change the mentality among the team? Winners, certain members of the team, yeah. When when it needs to happen, and like that, you know, you, you just look at you look at that team that went out there. There's, we know the ability of Junior. We know what Ronan Coughlin can do. Callie's won a league medal first. Morhen looks like a huge talent prospect, but that's all he is at the moment. Um, but where is your leader? And there's, there's nobody there. There's nobody there. I mean, we brought in. Oh. We 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 have uh, two league winners, uh, two other league winners in the squad, uh, but they're they're not kicking many footballs. So, you know, the chips are down. There's no point having experience yeah. on, on the bench, like you know, or oh. in the I'll, in the rehab room.
1: And that that's just the thing, though. To, the rehab room is a good name for it. That's. Um... <laughs> I don't. I don't mean it like that. I don't mean it like that before. We... That's the take. That's the thing, though. That uh, we know we should. We're good enough to be beating Shells, and we know we're good enough to be beating Waterford, and we know we're good enough to beat all these away games. Like, so why haven't we? Well what, what, since the tail of the season? Like, we can turn around and say, "Oh, these the fellas must know they're going next year," and so they're not putting the heart in. But it hasn't been there in any of the games away from home this season. Like, I'm delighted that when we come back after the break. We got them a couple of results because I would not fancy us in a relegation battle. No. No. Definitely wouldn't fancy us in a relegation battle. We definitely wouldn't have the stomach for that. No way. Like, like, us as supporters, we'll put up with a lot of, we'll put up with a lot. Like, and we have to because we're over fans. We put up with a lot. Like, but the one who we won't put up with is the lack of effort. Like, don't be putting, if you're not going to put it in, like, this is what, like, what everybody's saying, other half the team might be gone and everything if they're not going to play for the jersey I'm not bothered, they can all go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's focus on something positive. It was great to see John Mahan back. Uh, he looks like, like you were saying, Sean, it was a risk putting him in there and I was very worried when I saw him named on the team sheet. Um, not because he couldn't do it, but just because it was such a big game and he was coming back from such a massive injury. But he was like a rock in there. Barred that little mistake on the fifth minute, but he recovered immediately. But he was like an absolute rock in there.
3: Well, funny, yeah, you say about the mistake, I think that mistake was actually the best thing to happen to him because it forced him into making a challenge, a hard challenge like that. And that would shake off any doubt he had about his injury. To mm-hmm. go through a tackle like that and just get back up and recover properly, that would that would have done wonders for him mentally. Mm-hmm. He would have been able to say, right, yeah, I'm back where I need to be. I the body's not going to give up on me. I'm okay. I'm good to go here. And you could see from that moment on, he was brilliant. On the ball, brilliant. Defensively, excellent. So he was. He was. He was a leader out there, and in, in some ways, like he, he obviously couldn't do anything about the goal, or that it was completely out of his hands. But
0: yeah, yeah. But like I mean, yeah. I've got to talk a little bit about the goal. There's, there's kind of no point, like there's, you know, you could blame Timu for for letting the cross in and all that, but really, no, that, I mean, you're, you're missing the point really by just focusing on that. I mean, it's it's across the team. It's what happened over the ninety-five minutes or whatever it was. Um, listen, we will. Um, I think we've we've. We've gone, gone through that enough for everybody. Oh, my God. Um, so just, just
3: find... One thing, Connor. just, and I'm sorry to be going on and on and on, but it's just to come off the players for a minute and just honestly onto, onto management and tactically again, is it has to be said that it's been so disappointing that we haven't been able to find a plan B, that we have relied on counter-attacking football as our only attacking outlet. And the teams have found it so, so easy now in the last few games to figure out our game plan. Teams are sitting yeah. back, letting us have the ball at the back, pass it pretty, and then press us when it comes up into the final third. And they'll know they'll actually win the ball back because in midfield especially, we're too slow on the ball. Yeah, We're taking too many touches and teams can hit us, retain possession, and we're yeah. actually finding it difficult then.
0: Yeah.
3: Like you look at even, we're, we're, we're persisting with Jesse Devers on the right-hand side. Every left, full, every, every left full in the league has found out how to play against Jesse Devers. Sit on him. Don't leave any space. Sit tight on him because he doesn't have the ability to go by you. He'll either, if, he, if he, he can only take it in behind and run onto it, or if he takes it to feet and you're touched tight to him, all he's going to do is lay it back to the right back. He's not actually going to try and take you on. And it's, it, that has to go down to Liam Buckley as well to be able to find a way around all this. But he hasn't, and that's really disappointing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, if you look at uh, if you look at the goal that um, Gary Deegan uh, scored uh, in in Talke, like, didn't he run onto a, s- a similar ball in the Showgrounds to to score their goal against? Mm-hmm. Us? Um, like, you know, it was it was just like a, it was like a he had so much space there. There was nobody going with him. There was nobody anticipating. Nobody following him. The same him thing that he did in the Showgrounds, you know.
3: Like, let's be honest. Gary Deegan is a good age now. You know what I mean. He didn't sprint from midfield. He would have right. jogged. Yeah. You know, there was plenty of time to catch Gary Deegan.
0: Yeah, but he
1: mightn't have sprinted, but he had the desire and the and the want to do it. Oh no, that's what so, I'm saying. So, no one's followed him.
3: Everyone's just passed him sixty pass yards
1: up. Yeah, like you don't see any of our fellas doing it. No. no. Oh no, no it's
3: pass the book here, you follow him. I'm not bothered today. You go and do
1: it. But even on, even on the other end, on the, in the final third. It's left to the boys up front. There's nobody. There's nobody busting the balls from midfield getting in on the end of crosses or anything. No. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Listen, lads. We'll leave the Shelburne game there. Um, uh, the next part of the show, we were joined by Jerry uh, O'Connor, um, the one of the significant members of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust. Jerry's uh, also on the development committee within um, the within the club. Uh, they're looking at. Um, they are looking, uh, and they're doing work around the redevelopments of the ground, or the potential redevelopment of the ground, in uh, in line with the uh, the master plan. Uh, but also, um, Jerry has a, uh, has done a lot of work recently with um, providing um, some quantity gear that's available on the Bitterroot Supporters Trust website.
2: Yeah, thanks uh, first of all for having us on, Connor. Um, yeah, so a couple of weeks ago there. A few weeks ago, we've, myself and uh, Keith McGinley have been doing quite a lot of work in the background in terms of trying to get a range of products together that would appeal to the to the fans um, beyond your usual uh, bobble hats and scarves and stuff like that. More kind of terrace wear and uh, everyday kind of stuff that you can wear, Um so we launched that there about two weeks ago. The response to it has been phenomenal. The amount of hoodies and uh stuff like that, t shirts, um, and a variety of different colors. I thought everything would be bought in red and white, but it's not. Said a lot of like I think forty two percent of our sales were either unisex or uh ladies' hoodies and stuff like that. So we're selling pinks, purples, all this, but it's all Sliger Rovers branded gear and. Um, so it's been a phenomenal response to it so far. Uh, there's,
0: there's a there's a huge um, there is a huge range of items on the website. Um, most of the new additions, I suppose, are it's clothing. But there's hoodies, there's t-shirts, uh, there's baseball hats, there's baby wear, there's mugs, um, and all really well designed. And I, uh, the stuff is really good quality. But um, what I was going to ask you, Jerry, was um, what is the, um, yeah, well, we're coming up to Christmas, so there's, there's, there's lots of potential gifts there for people, I suppose, in the lead up to Christmas.
2: Yeah, and just with the, with the, the way things have gone, uh, what is it, from 12 o'clock tonight, Wednesday, we're going back into lockdown, so a lot of the essential retail um, outlets aren't able to trade, whereas I suppose the beauty with uh, Bourse.ie, we're able to trade 24 hours, and, is still delivered directly to, to the person's home. So, um, yeah, I, I think that it'll do really well in, in the run-up to Christmas. Uh, and most importantly, that it's it's raising funds for the, for the club. That was the other and question. i
0: just oh, like to no. mention
2: the, the official uh, club website, uh, club store on, on Rovers, uh like the Joma stuff, uh, compared to other uh, brands, is, is unbelievable, unbelievably well-priced and the quality, it just lasts forever. So it'd be great if people could support that as well. In the run-up to Christmas, uh, the lads do a great job there.
0: And uh, I suppose, just to let people know, there's it's a separate website, the official club merchandise website is separate. It's srfcdirect.com, that's where you get all the official uh, Slugger Rovers, uh, club gear, jerseys and stuff like that. And the, the, the Boris, the Bitter Red Supporters Trust uh, gear is available from the BORST.ie website. Um, the other question I was going to ask you, Jerry, is: what, So, if somebody purchases a hoodie from the Trust website, where does that money go? Does that money go straight back to the to the club, or how does that work?
2: Yeah. So basically, a hundred percent of the money that the, the well, I suppose ninety percent actually. Sorry, of the money that the Trust uh, makes in profit goes back to the club. About ten percent of it goes towards charities. And things like helping out local fans or whatever the case may be. Um, I can't remember the amount, but last year I think we gave like about maybe 500 euro to charity. Um, so we are conscious of that as well, especially being a supporters trust to, to hold that a little bit back to, to help um, various different charities and things like that. So, and, and you know, it might be someone in need of something or that we can, we can help out.
0: Yeah. Um. Just uh, before you go, there's. Um. I don't want to put you on the spot, but you. you have you read Leo Gray's most recent piece that's on the. Yeah. The trust website on um, the last days of Malore, uh, Shamrock yeah. Home game. And um, it's three It's it's another great piece of writing, isn't it?
2: It's unreal. It's um. I don't know. He just really captures the. I suppose the the, the essence of of that day. I was there myself. I was about 11. yeah, yeah. Um, I was there myself with my father and my my uncle. Um, and do you remember we travelled? What's that? Do you remember it? Yeah, remember really well. Um, I remember travelling up on the train. Uh, at those times, you would have had a lot of, you know, the trains, the specials, the the football specials. Um, so we would travel up on that. Uh, ram packed with absolute headers drinking cans of cider and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, hanging out the windows. You could open the windows in the train back then. Um up there, up to Dublin, up to Connolly, um, out to Glenmalore. And uh, geez, there was there, I think it was a six thousand capacity that day. I think we must have had about maybe two thousand fans on yeah. the terrace behind the goal. Um a great a great occasion and um, I remember well and at half time um the fans started Gradually going onto the pitch, the 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 Rove, the real Rovers fans, to to join the the green and white hoops, <laughs> uh, and it was it was something that I. Well, what, what was the context?
0: Ne- well, I think we need to just give a bit of context here. It was the yeah, sorry, the um the family that owned Glenmalure and Shamrock Rovers. I think at the time the Kill yeah. were they were to sell uh, Milltown Glenmalure uh, to as a property development, uh, which I suppose set Shamrock Rovers. On the road, literally for whatever it was, thirty years. Still on the road. Technically, they don't have their own home; they're renting off. Yeah. But that was that was so, and then so obviously the Shamrock Rovers fans were um, protesting this and protesting the build-up to it, and this uh, FAI Cup semi-final was the last game to be played at Milltown, and what happened? So uh, then at halftime, Jerry, what happened?
2: Yeah, so um, the real, as I said to you, the real Rovers fans uh, started climbing over the fences to to join in the lads uh, that were dressed in green and white. Uh, so they would have been under the banner of Cram Keeper Rovers at Milltown. Um, so I suppose when we seen it went on to the pitch first, we thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> um, but it was, that,
0: that's it was kind of world. like,
2: you know, in, what was it, the World War, where they on Christmas Day they kind of come out of the trenches and start shaking hands with each other.
0: Yeah, yeah, It
2: was kind of like a modern day version of that. So yeah, it went really well. Delayed the game and and stuff like that. So um, yeah, that was that. And I remember then uh, after that uh, by the end of the game, the sham supporters turned back into sham supporters and actually burned their flags. <laughs> <laughs> so that's never reported. But um, yeah, so that, that was good crack. So The first game was nil-all. Then that was one-all in Milltown. And then we went back to the showgrounds again for a midweek game. And we all would have got the half day from school because back then uh, in the showgrounds there wouldn't have been floodlights. So the kickoff would have been about maybe three or four o'clock on a Wednesday. So we would all got the the half day from St. John's, the brothers. And uh, I would have been a ball boy at the time. And I actually put this tweet up earlier on. I would have been a ball boy at the time. And I was actually behind the goal when Noel Arkin scored the last minute goal for for Shams, and I always have, even up to this day, I I actually have a, a feeling of guilt about that goal.
0: Oh, Jerry, no! What are you going to tell us?
2: Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was behind the goal, and he was right as a ball boy. And up to this day, I have a feeling of guilt and regret that I I just thought I could have got out there and grabbed the ball before it went into the net. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't act, and I swear, I, I, I even I still have nightmares about that to this day.
0: Oh, that's, that's okay, Jerry. I thought you were going to tell us that Shams won a corner, and you fired the ball out to the Shams player, whoever's going to take the corner, and they lashed the corner in before Rovers had time to get organised, and that was the winning goal. No. Uh, Magoo, do, do you do? You, I don't know if you were at that game or if you remember that game, but it was that third game that was played in the Showgrounds where. Uh, Jerry assisted Chamock Rovers in, <laughs> in, uh, in in winning the tie. It was also a, a kind of a sad moment, apart from the last for Sligo, but it was the end of another era. Do you know? Can you guess what it was? No, nobody. No, go on. It was Big. Fagan's fi- uh, Fagan, Tony Fagan's final game for Rovers. Yeah, yeah. The last thing to mention is um, um, I'm sure you're selling tickets for this annual draw. Yeah, um,
2: so it's a little bit different this year. And um, then obviously all the other years were, like all the other years, we would have been going door, door to door selling the tickets, and uh, but was still distributing them through the the Rovers family and the Rovers network. Uh, so this year I suppose we really have to rep- um, rely on the network and try and get as many tickets out there and sell them amongst close friends and uh, contacts, but also the online uh, sales will be massive the um, massive contribution to this but um, I know the initial reaction has been really really strong I think Rovers have been actually surprised by uh, in a good way how many tickets have been sold so far so what I would love is that and stick it to the, everybody else in the league and especially the likes of Shamsa let's try and sell let's even try and break the record from maybe last year and you know put it out as a real show of strength is that you know, COVID's not going to hold us back. We're still, we're still the best supported club in the league. We're still, um, the, the most. We still have the most engaged fan that will buy the ten euro ticket and that. And let's smash last year's. Uh, you know who knows. Um, yeah.
0: But uh,
2: yeah, that's 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 really it, Connor. Um, are you going to ask me about the shells game?
0: Yeah. So. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody's dying to get it. <laughs> so, so, so what, was your, what was your take on on what was served up in in Taka Park?
2: Yeah. To be honest, I would not be as articulate uh, when it comes to describing um, the the the, eb- the ebbs and flows of a game like like the three VLAS that can really kind of uh, dissect dissect the game and you know the patterns of play and all that. I'm not really. I think I know about football. I don't think it matters much, but gee, but what I would take, I'd be kind of. a, I suppose I've grown up with Rovers every every day of my life and think about Rovers. But that performance there the last night hurt. It actually hurt me. I was so so disappointed. Um, just uh, uh, I think it was just a huge. It was another huge up. Op- Look, I know everybody's like we don't want to get relegated, we don't want to get relegated, and that's great. And, and and fair play to the lads for getting us to that point where I don't think we are, or I don't think it's possible now at this moment nearly. Um but like fuck that. Like you know, just because you're gonna stay up, you don't just rest on your laurels and say, Yeah, we've done the job. You know, these opportunities don't come al- come along very much in life where you can qualify for European football or you can actually do something. know something substantial Uh, a lot of players go through their careers where they don't get to do anything and just for the lack of apathy and appetite and to be outfought by a part-time team who would be going to work the next morning it just you know it doesn't sit well with me Um, I suppose like going back to the 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 uh the selling the tickets going around the houses other years if we're having a bad patch, the person on the door is nearly giving out to you. That's your fault that the team is doing bad, yeah, which is fine because, but sometimes you know, I don't know, just the players need to man up and and football does matter, it matters to us, might matter to them when they're sitting down the back of the bus on the way down the, the road, but and they're gone and through time, but it matters to us, yeah. Um, and it's like Connor, you know, I would have been involved with say Marvel under 12s and things like that, we get beat. And the wee lad that got beat is bawling his eyes at crying. So them lads that are sitting down the back of the bus, I'm sure they were crying at one stage too. So what's happened in their lives that they're gone from, gone from a crying 12-year-old to a fella that, ah, fuck it, I've done it now. I'm away in three weeks. Jesus, it's football. You know, We'd all love to be doing what they're doing uh, rather than selling tickets or trying to sell gear. And we're doing it for them as much as anybody. And I just think the lack of apathy, the lack of fight, uh, was just didn't sit well with me, but at the same time too, I don't want this to be used by the fellas that love to have a go at Rovers. Yeah, you know the fellas on social media that rubbing their hands. Yeah, you know, that's that's my. Well, I
0: thought you know yeah. I saw I saw a tweet by um, somebody who, who um, A slagger person who, um, is somebody who is well known in the football community, who said after the Shelburne game on Twitter, you know, why are, why are Robert's fans cribbing so much? Or why, like, why do they expect so much from this team? Because, um, you know, they had such a poor start. They're just trying to stay up. It's job done. They should be celebrating. You know, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's the other side of it, I suppose, you know, but then maybe maybe, like the, the league table is, tells you all you need to know.
2: Yeah. But at the same time too, Connor, um, this is a very unusual season, uh, and normally a team of our uh, hunger or uh, desire wouldn't be anywhere near having a chance of a crack at Europe. Yeah, And that's probably what frustrates me the most, is that when you get a chance or an opportunity, just take it. Yeah. Or at
0: yeah.
2: least show you want to take it. And um, because at the end of the day, you're representing the people of Sligo. You might be from Sligo, but we are, and you know, all of us we're all from Sligo, and we like to think of ourselves as grafters, we like to think of ourselves as scrappers, and uh, you know, we're, we're tough goers, like. And when we see fellas like that not kind of stepping up to the mark or not stepping up to our standards in terms of hunger, well, then that's when we get annoyed. It's not about ability it's about wearing the shirts and putting it out there get get on with it. you're well looked after fucking play the game and get stuck in you see gary deegan the last day he was like a man possessed at the final whistle
0: okay and that was Jerry o'connor from the bitter red supporters trust he's also on the development committee for the club um, they've got um, like he's done a huge amount of work there over the last couple of weeks to produce some um, some quality gear um I'll definitely be doing a little bit of my Christmas shopping there, um, but we'll push things on. Um, our next game, uh, we are looking for retribution for a 3 0 loss down in Turner's Cross on Saturday at five o'clock in the Showgrounds. Uh, it's Cork City who are coming to town. Like, what, what are we looking to freshen up the team here? Uh, we're obviously looking for a lot more fight from the team, but you know, from a lineup point of view, what 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 changes can happen here, or what? Tactical changes
1: we want to see that's different. What change? I'd I i do not know. I'd like to obviously that I'd like to obviously Cooper start left back. I'd actually give Noon a go right back. I'd like to see Buckley and Seymour together in the middle of the park. Yeah, obviously keep in centre half. Yeah, um, bring Kyle back in. He's, he should be back from suspension. Mm-hmm. So Kyle and Mahan centre half. I'd like to see the just see Seymour and Buckley in the centre of the park. See what they're like. Um, right, wing- start Junior. Uh, right wing Sarah Junior up top number nine right wing and left wing so, actually saw so saw Sarah Banks right back and put <laughs> Noon up right in right in wing sorry with Donnan actually
3: well I'd like to think he's back for the court game I think it
0: was only strain I'm sure Corkoop 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 on the left yeah and Donnan right full yeah or left, left full left full yeah Le- left full yeah who are you playing, number 10?
1: Coughlin. the Vries. but the Vries and junior. Just try something completely different. Like, there's no... There's nothing... We're not going to get of the Europa League so we might as well just try something different. We've, we've had to try and trust it now for the last couple of weeks. It hasn't been going well, but we stuck with them because they're all big games and we can't afford to be... Well, we we thought that was it. We couldn't afford to be pissed about changing things around. Then all of a sudden, these apparitions came out on Sunday onto the pitch. Fellas that were, hadn't been seen in months. But, like... Just switch it up a bit and see, like. Yeah, no harm. we We've not, We've nothing to lose now. Like.
0: Yeah, but it's going to be a really tough game. Corker going to be up for it now. After like they should have beaten Waterford, they were disallowed to goal They should have stood. Uh, they're um, they'll want to get out of that bottom spot, won't they? And they like they have a chance to do that.
3: It's definitely not going to be an easy game, anyway. Like they're, as you say, there, Connor. Like they're, there's going to be a huge amount of fighting them, so they're going to make it scrappy again. There's going to be they won't be looking to play too much football, but uh, like Colin Haley's going to have them well set up. They'll be defensively, they'll be solid. But like they put, uh, I suppose the they, it, it's, it's, put easy, cor- it's easy to say it now. Like depends on well, sorry, go on.
0: They put Cork under. Are they Cork put Waterford under significantly more pressure than we ever did in that game down in Waterford? Like they had, they had Waterford. Pinned in to their own third of the pitch for like the last 20 minutes of the game. I only saw the last 20 minutes though, so, but it was all Waterford or it was all Cork, I beg your pardon. Um, Connor, or- that's,
3: that's very simple. It's that just falls down to organization and determination, you know, the, like that's what Colin Healy will provide for them. That's that's why he's brought in just to try and steady that ship and try and find some. Form of uh, getting points out of the last few games for them, and that's what he's just providing for them. He's going to set them up so that they're defensively sound, and that they're aggressive, and that they press teams and just try and push them back. And that's what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and like if he if he can, if they can finish the ninth place ahead of Harps. That'd be a massive, massive success. And you know, it's all to play for them from, from Cork's point of view. Um, so like they really they have an awful lot more to play for than we do. I think. Are mentally, I think their players yeah. are, you know, they're they're much more willing to go into a fight than than we are. Like you know, I could see us, based on what we've seen over the last number of weeks, we could just surrender this game as well. Like you know,
3: well, this this would be the worrying thing for me now is that they'll come here with a yeah. huge hunger, a burning desire now to get points out of us, and they'll see us as a wounded animal because we lost out in Europe.
0: Mm. So
3: they'll be looking to kill, and if we well, what would concern me big time is if we concede it early. Our heads could just completely fall
0: off. You
1: know, that's in every game, though, Sean. We,
3: oh, we said week.
1: that last week. Yeah, on the pod, if we if we concede early, we're in trouble. We said it last week for the shells game. We, the same happened to Waterford. Same happened every time we concede early. True.
0: I, I, I don't think I don't think it matters. They'll,
1: they'll be a much better.
0: I don't think it matters when we concede. I think Connell, Colin Colin Haley would be saying to his lads, "All you need to do is you need to score once. You need to score one goal." And the chances are you're gonna win that game and the goal can come in the first minute or the goal can come in the last minute. But the chances are you're coming away with points from the showgrounds if you get one goal. Yeah. I think that's what you say to them.
1: And they're they'll be in a much better place mentally as well than we are. At the minute now, we're gonna be all over the place. Our lads are gonna be all over the shop. They don't know whether they're coming or going. Like they as you say, they're since Colin Healy's come in, he's raised the Spurs in the camp down there. So
0: He was a great player, Healy, wasn't he? When he came back even to the League of Ireland and played football with Cork, he was brilliant, wasn't
1: he? Yeah.
0: Just, just quality on the ball. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Player. He was a joy to watch anytime he came to the showground.
0: Yeah. He was a treat, like he was a treat. He was one of, he was a bit like like when you have when you think about the likes of um um oh, his name was from Derry who played with Celtic. Um, um McCourt. Yeah, the likes of McCourt. Healy was kind of in that that league as well. Like, when these lads are coming and Keith Fahy as well, I always thought when these lads came back and played in Sligo for whoever they were with, you'd go and watch these guys alone like they were just they were that good. Like, you know? yeah.
3: Well, there's that. Bring just going back to what we were talking about earlier on as well as their leaders. Like Colin Healy was. All you could always see he always set an example when he went out on the football pitch, and everyone had to meet that. They had to raise their bar. They had to raise their game every time. To live up to his standards, and that's he was just always leading by example. Not the most vocal man in the world; yeah. he wouldn't be going around the place roaring and shouting. But he yeah. would do it with, a, with through his performance. Yeah. He would set the
1: bar. Yeah, he he do very little. Round he was in a games. good team as well, though.
3: Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. But yeah. still, you still have to you still have to go out and play.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, you still have to play your look after your own game.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, Europe <laughs> isn't done yet. By the way, oh, it's done. It's
1: done. <laughs> it's done. Don't start again, Connor. No, I'm not,
3: get, um, I'm not uh, getting. i not hope again. We've we'll probably gotten hammer cork, and I'll be bouncing on the pad next week. Saying we're going through it, we're going to Europe, but no. For now, it's
0: done. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, have we anything else to add on Cork on that game or? Um, no,
3: um, I will actually, I even give you a prediction for nil nil.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I definitely wouldn't go nil nil. Definitely not. And Cork City are going to score. They're and
3: definitely
0: then Cork are going to win, win one 0 Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I, you, you can't, I can't see us scoring. I'm looking at what the the pressure that they put Waterford under the other night, they're gonna they're gonna come up here and they're gonna put us under serious pressure. They're gonna score a goal, and I think we'll be in big trouble.
3: Well, look, then, if I can take if we can take one thing from it, I hope the players have heard the fans this week. I re, I sincerely hope they've heard everything. I really do. And if they can take one thing from it, is actually see that how much. Just like Rovers fans care about their club, yeah. that it's it's not just a game of football to them. It's it's it genuinely means way way more. Yeah, yeah. Like I this mean... is this is a huge part of it. like any Sligo Rovers fan will tell you, you are either in or you're out. Yeah, you, there's no middle ground with being a Sligo Rovers fan. I I it's rare you see anyone that will say ah oh, yeah I kind of follow them. You don't. You're in. You're fully committed. And into so if you want players playing for you. And you and they will hear everything. And that's what I want. I want them to hear everything yeah. this week and then show a bit of compassion on the pitch.
0: Yeah, I mean I, like if there was I think if there was two and a half, three thousand, maybe three and a half thousand people up in the showgrounds, if we were pushing for that that fourth spot, that third spot, I think things would be different if we if we were if we had an audience, if we had a crowd in the showgrounds. I think that would make make a huge Difference to the team, and maybe that's one of the problems that we have. Maybe these guys need to have to hear a crowd shouting at them to, to, to do them on, and they're not getting it. It's training sessions, nah, it's training session after training session. Training
1: session. That's, that's too easy. That's too, that's an easy out for them. Stop giving them an easy out. They're professional <laughs> footballers, seriously.
0: Yeah,
1: so we're playing, they're playing against the fellas who are getting up for work the next morning at six or seven o'clock, and they could manage to get themselves up and bust their balls for a game like an hour for that couldn't with Europe, yeah. with Europe on the line.
0: So, uh, Mugu, you're, yeah, saying need, Mugu, you're saying we need to go back to amateur?
1: Well, we might have no choice now. To that
0: <laughs> okay, listen, lads, uh, we'll leave it there. Um, we'll just remind people that um, um, the, the annual draw is underway. You can buy tickets on uh, the club website, uh, srfcdirect.ie uh, and also a huge thanks to our sponsors, Milligram, down on Wine Street, our um, pod sponsors. Um, there's we're lucky to have some great coffee shops around Sligo, but uh, Milligram are right up there with some of the the best we have on offer. Um, so hopefully, lads, we come back uh, next week, and uh, we we have a, a victory to celebrate over the Cork game. Uh, before we finish up, uh, Sean, you want to?
3: No, just on, just on the sponsorship there with Milligram, just. Uh... Please, if everyone could just show them that wee bit of support through these tough times, you know businesses are finding it very difficult at the moment, and they were good enough to jump on and help sponsor us and get involved with Sligo Rovers as well. And just look if the fans could just show their support as well and just pass them by for work or whatever it be, if your essential services or that, just pop in and just support them in there and get buy a coffee or that on your way. Be yeah. very much appreciated by all.
0: Okay, listen, um, we'll uh, we'll cross our fingers for the court game. We hope we can I mean if we just see a couple of goals, it'd be something. And uh, we'll come back and we'll talk to you next week.